Hi, I'm Ian Whitaker, host of the JC Decode Digital Changemakers podcast. The Digital Changemakers podcast showcases industry research and insights to inspire senior marketeers to push the boundaries on their marketing strategies and become change agents in their organizations. Today, we're talking about the fashion industry and how purchasing trends have changed in recent years. Research has found that Gen Z, the generation born between 1997 and 2012, are more sustainably minded than previous generations when it comes to purchasing clothing. However, although this generation would like to consume more sustainably, they often find that high costs prevent them from doing so. So how can consumers engage with fashion in a more sustainable way without breaking the bank? To give us an insight into how businesses and marketeers can meet the sustainability needs of their customers whilst also driving industry issues, I'm thrilled to welcome Josephine Phillips, founder of Sojo. Sojo is a sustainable fashion tech startup that is centralizing and modernizing the clothing repair and tailoring industry. The platform allows customers to book door-to-door repair and alteration services with a few simple clicks. Josephine studied physics at King's College London with a minor in philosophy and while she was at university became heavily involved in both the Business Society and the Feminist Society. In 2021, she launched Sojo and just a year later, she was named as one of the Forbes 30 under 30 in the technology industry for 2022. So welcome, Josephine. Josephine. Yes, Ian. Thanks so much for for coming in. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Lovely. You don't know yet. No, 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 I think I do. I mean, like, you know, for, from everything you've done, everything you've done so far, I'm sure this is going to be absolutely fascinating. Amazing. And it, it's a great sort of, if you look at it, uh, what you've done in, in such a short amount of time is fantastic. Can you just sort of explain a bit further, mm. sort of just a bit about yourself? Yeah. And then just also as well for the audience, sort of the background, Sojo, and, and how it started. Yeah, I mean... Where to begin? Yeah, well, <laughs> I um, I suppose like for me, the journey into Sojo and actually sustainable fashion more broadly um, mm-hmm. came during university. So it was a few years ago. Um, and essentially like I was and still am really strong feminist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I then discovered how unethical the fashion industry is when it mm-hmm. comes to the kind of treatment of majority women of color garment workers. So essentially, I kind of wanted to step away from fast fashion and discovered mm-hmm. how not only exploitative, but also environmentally destructive, highly polluting, um, highly wasteful. It was just like uncovering all these problematic things with the industry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to change this or I want to be a part of something that's different. Um, and so for me, in that there was kind of an unpacking of what does it mean to have a sustainable wardrobe Mm -hmm. I started shopping secondhand clothes I started wanting to repair my clothes instead of throwing them away and being part of that culture Um, but then I found the whole experience of tailoring and repair so kind of inconvenient archaic Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know how to sew myself you know, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how much it should be. The whole process was really like, yeah, essentially it wasn't that convenient for someone who's used to like everything being at their fingertips mm-hmm. and like highly technological. Um, so I was like, I need to create it because the okay. solution wasn't there. So I wanted it for myself. And I set about essentially creating Sojo, which is like a platform you can book on web or app mm-hmm. where if you want to get your clothes tailored or repaired, you can. And it's there to inspire a longer term wardrobe, a wardrobe where you're looking after what you already have and one that is trying to fight the wasteful culture of fast fashion. And I was going to say, I mean, the which is absolutely superb. 
Thank you. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, it, it, it's great, and I mean, it, it all makes it all makes a lot of lot of sense. I, I don't worry. I won't talk about my own fashion. I am <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, things on like this, but but I, I think you know when you look at the fashion industry, mm. I mean, it's such a huge industry, mm. you know. And for a startup like yourself, I mean, it must be pretty <laughs> difficult to actually break into that and and get the message across. Yeah, and... it's true. I'm using the term change in industry, but we're talking about like a trillion dollar industry and an industry that accounts for 10% of global carbon emissions, mm-hmm. accounts for 92 million tons of waste. Like it's no mean feat at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't get me wrong, I know how challenging it is. And it has been really challenging. I think the most challenging part has actually been this like cultural shift that we've required for people to change their behavior. Like Mm -hmm. it's a getting people to change the way they're used to doing things Mm -hmm. is just difficult. And trying to say, instead of shopping every week or instead of buying a new pair of jeans, if your jeans rip and instead of, you know, being really wasteful, how about you care and Mm -hmm. you value what you have and you repair it instead? It's, it's difficult. But I think what we've realized is we are luckily not only doing what we're doing in our kind of silo, we're actually part of a broader movement where people are becoming more conscious in general. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to push the wave whilst also riding the wave, yeah. essentially. And that actually leads on, on, on to the next point, which which is you know, when you look at it from a consumer standpoint, mm. in terms of what you're doing, and mm. as you say, there's a lot more people out there who are concerned about what's happening with the environment, but also as well what's happening with workers' rights as well. Mm. You, mm. You know, to go back to this point before, that many people sort of are working in, yeah, they're working in industries that are, that are low paid and, and so forth. Yeah, definitely. I think people are becoming, especially the younger generations, yeah. just more conscious and like wanting more ethics from brands, which I think so, so like far have been so opaque and like, as I said, exploitative. And yeah, like that. exactly. And so, you know, when you put yourself, I mean, all the way, you've already answered sort of a lot of the, mm. the next question, which is, you know, to put yourself in the consumer's mm. sort of, of, feet when you're looking at how to get your message across mm. sort of how do you do that and and actually what do you find are the most effective techniques i mean okay yeah i'm going to slightly contradict what we've actually just said which okay. is sustainability <laughs> is front of mind yeah it is but it's not the most front of mind i think people especially when people are actually spending and especially when people mm-hmm. are actually decisioning um a report actually came out recently which was talking about that quality and price are coming up as higher priorities and sustainability for yeah. example so actually when putting myself in the kind of consumer shoes and and it's reasonably easy to do because obviously i created the solution for myself so i can imagine yeah. what barriers people were facing mm-hmm. in in looking for a solution um actually pushing the point of price and mm-hmm. convenience is something that you realize the levers really work on and we went through a lot of discovery in terms of testing different you know ads online and paid mm-hmm. social and all that kind of thing and figuring out what do our customers respond to and actually even from customer interviews you listen to how they spoke about their problem mm-hmm. and the way they're speaking about their problem might be not mentioning sustainability at all and saying I'm five foot one which means all my trousers are too long and therefore you need to speak to them about unique body shape sizes and heights and you need to speak to them about you know and then we did customer interview with someone who said that they absolutely don't have time in their life to go to a high street and go pick up their clothes five days later. Mm-hmm. And so you speak to the door-to-door service. Yeah. And it's all about there are different aspects and USPs of what you have and what you offer and to which audience does it work mm-hmm. in terms of who you're speaking to. And I think that's an important point. I mean, mm. we, we've sort of focused on the sustainability part, mm. but you're absolutely right. It's also as well, 
just the better fit part mm. for, for mm. the sort of clothes that Who doesn't people... want to look good? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is true. <laughs> you might be surprised, but I mean, <laughs> there's a few people out there. But 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 it is it, it is absolutely true in terms of that, that you've got a, a sort of different messages here mm. sort of in terms of that. I guess for both those sorts of concepts, both in terms of the better fit and also as well the sustainability mm. angle, from what I... I mean, just from hearing from what you've said and so forth, mm. you know, with what's going on in the cost of living crisis and people are feeling under pressure in terms of the household budgets, mm-hmm. particularly when you're in, you're in a, a city like London, you're a younger person starting off at the, starting off your career, yeah. you look at rent prices are going up. I mean, it's not, yeah. we're in an inflationary environment. Mm. The impression I get is that what Sojo does actually can help. So that there's a way here, as it were, to square many things. Exactly. So I think so often, well, I say misconception. You can kind of look at it from both ways. So often sustainability is actually associated with increased inconvenience and increased price. So Mm -hmm. ultimately, if you're going for a more sustainably made garment, they're paying their workers ethically, they're sourcing more ethical materials, it costs more, Mm -hmm. um, in which case you are paying more. But actually, what we're doing at Sojo in terms of trying to marry those two things of price and of sustainability Mm -hmm. is saying the most sustainable item is the one already in your wardrobe and actually you know repairing a rip along a seam may cost you 10 pounds and getting a new pair of trousers may cost you 30 pounds or 40 pounds so there is a saving aspect from a planet perspective and a price perspective Mm -hmm. and i also think though more broadly and not speaking to sojo more generally is we really need to and and i speak here from a point of privilege but Mm -hmm. we do need to understand that quite often buying less will save you more and Mm. that is really a kind of cultural understanding that isn't kind of the make at the forefront of the sustainability movement like sustainability is like buy this sustainable product or buy that sustainable product or buy this sustainable product and instead it's buy less and don't mm-hmm. consume as much and you won't actually be spending as much and Adja Barber who is um, you know a sustainable fashion activist she mm-hmm. has spoken about how she used to spend so much more on fashion when she was buying fast fashion because she just bought so much of it yeah. as opposed to the five quality pieces she chose to buy in a year from sustainably made brands mm-hmm. well it always seems to fast fashion and again I mean I'm not yeah, I have to admit I'm not yeah, certainly not an expert on fast fashion. Mm. I'll just put it put it <laughs> like that. But uh, sort of, of when you look at it from the outside, it almost seems like it's a hamster on the treadwheel. Mm. You know that people have to continually sort of of cost per wear. You've got to consider exactly. some things you wear once, you put it in the washing machine, and it's broken and it's over, and it's you know the material isn't quality, and so you've really got to think about those kind of pieces that will last a long time, mm-hmm. the quality materials, because actually will end up. I mean the like the premise of cost per wears, it will end yeah. up make you saving you more money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So sort of off the back of that, and mm. I think you know what you're doing here is almost as though when you're getting the message across. Mm. I mean, again, it feels from the outside. There's almost two aspects to it. Mm. There's one which is a sojo specific, what you're doing uh, and sort of promoting promoting your own sort of brand, and then there's a wider sort of building up awareness, getting yeah. people almost attitudinal change and so forth. Now you've been part of the JC Deco sort of reach program in the UK, mm-hmm. sort of, which is sort of for ethical, ethical startups that are looking to sort of get their message out there. How do you see, I mean, it's not just out of home, but I mean, how mm. do you see marketing mm. in both those sort of, of both those aims mm. working? And where are you seeing the sort of, have you seen sort of much of an impact so far? Yeah, I mean, specifically around the out of home piece, I think it's a lot harder and is really hard for early stage startups and early stage 
you know, ethical startups mm-hmm. or early stage startups that are run by, you know, min- minority founders, mm-hmm. they, to get out of home opportunity and to be able to like speak to mass media mm-hmm. is an incredible opportunity. And I think the good thing about that is, especially with Sojo, our solution ultimately is there for every single person who has clothing. Yeah. And so actually getting that kind of mass marketing mm-hmm. where other Brands and companies might be speaking to a really specific niche, in which case, you know, really targeted paid social or uh, community driven work would be better. We really are excited by the opportunity of just speaking to the masses and just mm-hmm. saying, do you have a hem that's too long? Do you have a zip that's broken? And this is a solution for us. Um, more generally, I think marketing is just a complete power tool to be able to build your company. And yeah. that's and that's ultimately, and I think getting that right is the challenge because there's so much noise at the moment, especially with Gen Z and all the things they're, you know, getting on their screens and mm-hmm. then also all the stuff they're not getting because of ad blockers and things. Out mm-hmm. of home is an opportunity outside of that mm-hmm. um, and that's more exclusive and more rare what you're seeing in that regard. Yeah. Um, but also be, being getting it getting it right of who you're speaking to and when and how um, is the most crucial part of kind of tapping into those customers you want to use you. And just actually picking up on what one thing you said, I mean, there is this sort of view that Gen Z, Gen mm. Z it is just head down in their phones. It doesn't pick their mm. pick their eyes up and look at what's going in the going on <laughs> in the physical world. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, what, what I was going to say, I mean, is that I mean that's obviously the whose opinion? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a stereotype that is often yeah that is often said, but I mean, it, it is. So that really doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, I mean, yes and no, obviously, like there's a lot of screen time that is had. But actually, really interestingly with Sojo, we have always been a really like digital first solution, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But we did a four week pop up in Selfridges where we had an in-person, you know, tailoring setup Mm -hmm. there. Um, The uptake was incredible. Like loads of Gen Z came down and also loads of people in general. We did so many, you know, hundreds and hundreds Mm -hmm. of services there in that short space of time. And what that taught us is that, yes, there is a very digital age and phone focused, mm-hmm. you know, kind of culture that happens right now. But mm-hmm. actually people are tired of it. And also people are mm-hmm. pushing against it a bit more. And Gen Z are out and they are wanting to engage in ex- the experiential economy. And like they mm-hmm. are wanting to engage in new things and different mm-hmm. things. And us having a physical in-person presence got such great reception that, you know, people do want to be out and about. And it's something we do want to tap right. into more. Uh, that's interesting. Now. You look at sort of what you're doing so far, mm-hmm. you've already done a lot. Okay. <laughs> I'm tired, very tired. Yeah, you're tired, all right. Uh, <laughs> don't blame me for that. What's next? What's next for Sojo? Yeah, I think this question is always really interesting because people are always like, you know, what are you going to do next? Or, you yeah. know, what is going to, what, what are you going to do in the next five years or 10 years? But ultimately, we are still so nascent. So, as much as we've done, yeah. ultimately, what we're trying to do is get every person who has a unique body shape and size, which is everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got 100 people who are all size, you know, X, they're yeah. going to look completely different. And what we're trying to do is get them to engage in a mindset shift to realize their clothes should work for them mm-hmm. and to realize they should last a long time. That is no kind of we're going to do this next big thing. It is chipping away at the issue at hand, which Mm -hmm. is getting people to repair their clothes, getting them to tailor them. And we will just keep going on, keep growing. We're in London now, but we want to be, you know, UK wide. We want to be international. We can't wait to be, you know, the global solution for repairing your clothing both with brands and directly um so there's a lot there's, there's a lot, there's to, a lot do. to do there's yeah. a lot to do we're just at the beginning yeah well, you know i mean but, but i mean as you say i mean this is not just a mm. one town one no. one country problem 
It's global. Absolutely it global. absolutely global. Yeah. And actually, to be honest, like um, people do sort of ask who your target market is. And I know I mentioned it earlier, yeah. but in the end, ultimately, we do want everyone to be repairing their clothes. And that is that crosses gender, that crosses age. That is just a solution for people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that used to be the way that people used to. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm not being like, I've come up with this. It's no, very no, much no, like but yeah. we need to go back to the way that we used to respect the things that we created and the things that we wore um and that is something that uh, actually I've been incredibly inspired by my grandma for example mm-hmm. in this whole in this whole kind of journey um and the way that she cares for her clothes and has handed me you know a dress that she had 60 years ago and it's just that culture needs to sort of reverse and we need to yeah. learn from our ancestors no i think that's absolutely right we always end this oh. <laughs> no 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 no, no. <laughs> well, you want to get us <laughs> <laughs> um we always end this with saying, mm. you know, what's one piece of advice that you would give to people in a similar position? So what would be your? I think my bit of advice would be, especially in the kind of sustainability world, mm-hmm. you really need to speak to the audience with joy and with positivity in mind. Mm-hmm. And I say this because it is a really difficult time. I mean, from an environmental perspective, from mm-hmm. a, as you say, cost of living crisis yeah. perspective, it's a difficult time for many. And there's a lot of like environmental doomism and mm-hmm. things like that. And to get people on side, to get people changing, to mm-hmm. get them to engage in a behavior or a product that you want or want to sell ultimately, yeah. um, but an impact that you want to have underlyingly is it needs to be rooted in positivity and why it's good for the planet, why it's good for the person and just that mm-hmm. kind of that vision of yeah ultimately we want to build a future that's better and more joyful and you know more happy for individuals on the planet yeah and that's what you need to sell instead of the you know don't do this or don't do that yeah, it's like no, no, yeah no, no. i think that's uh, i think that's right people have a limit to bin yeah total. yeah exactly <laughs> i mean it's important <laughs> to get the context of why it's bad but really if you want people to change what we've realized is those emotional stories and that stories that bring them along in terms of this is going to make you feel better look better and like mm-hmm. you're doing better that that is really what resonates with people that is superb that's a great note to end on josephine thanks very much for that that's been absolutely superb thank you for having me and no not at it. all it's yeah. been great thank you so much for talking with us today i thoroughly enjoyed hearing about the fantastic work that sojo is doing to provide solutions for people who are both fashionably and sustainably minded If there's anything you would like to ask us or hear more about, you can visit the JCDCO Digital Changemakers Hub online. We hope you enjoyed listening. And wherever you get your podcasts, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share. (laughs) 